it closer. Now it's better. Okay. Well, better. You can always like, hear, no. hear me. I, I, I'm go. shouting. I'm the tenor in your voice. Hello. Those dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. Good to be back. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm refreshed. I just got back from vacation. I know. You've de-aged, I think, 10 years. You look... Yeah, well, you're for glo- now. You're positively glowing, Danny. <laughs> Until the sun negatively affects my skin. Oh, well. Uh, that's... You know. I was in Naples, Rick, so that's why I got a lot of sun. So Which was you, nice. Is this a lead into our skin cancer prevention episode? <laughs> it should I be. Feel like, it should I feel be. I like think we, we should switch should, gears. I think we should definitely talk about it because that was really good. <laughs> so you went to Naples for a week. Completely unscripted. Which unscripted. Is... Yeah, we went to Naples. Um, we've been there, what, four or five times since we've been down here. Um, wow. It's a go-to because we like the Gulf Coast. We like the, the beach. Very nice for the kids. The waves aren't too big. They can get in the water. Splash around. Nice you know your you know your life is good when you're like, oh, I don't like the beach on the Atlantic side. I want to go to the Gulf side. <laughs> exactly. Of the oh, sorry, we're not good enough here in Jacksonville for you. I do like the East Coast, but sometimes you got to go to the West. You know, for NBA purposes too, I like the East Coast. You got to let your, your bougie self shine. <laughs> Um, did you uh did you and your we didn't buy any property while in naples no well good did you and your family um take proper skincare during we did yeah we 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 lathered up we had some spf 50 um got the kids all lathered up well reapplied which is important during these uh spring summer months um we stay at a, a little resort that has a nice water slide for the kids they have a lazy river so the kids just kind of go free and we relax, have some food by the pool, some drinks. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Lots so of shade, yeah, Your kids are old enough, I guess, they can be self-sufficient. Yeah, they run up themselves, run up the stairs, go down the slide. And um, I do go on, like, I get in one of those inner tubes in the lazy river and just watch them. Yeah. With a beer in your hand. <laughs> With a beer or drink, whatever. Treat yourself. I do. I do. Treat yeah. yourself. Now, I didn't get on the golf course, which was kind of sad, but... Uh, oh. But um, yeah, you were there for a good while. That's good. We were there good Monday trip. through. We left Friday morning. It's a good yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah, it nice. was good. We stopped in Orlando first, so we um, I had seven days off, which is wow. pretty nice. Pretty nice. Wow. No wonder why Sugarman was losing it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, she she had a tough she's, week. She's holding on by thread, <laughs> folks. So Thursday was the Magic Cavs game, okay. which we went. Ethan and I went to my son. And it was a little bit sad that the Cavs sat all their starters, but not un- unheard of at the end of the season. So um, we watched that game. Then Friday we went to Universal with the kids. Oh that was God. our first time at Universal. This is like better than any family trip I ever had when I was a kid. <laughs> I know. Univer- we Magic, never did stuff like that. NBA this. game, Universal, a week at a nice resort in right. Naples with inner tubes. What the heck? Well, see, you know. Ethan's living the dream, man. He's, the kids don't know how they don't. Really. Um, I think my one vacation growing up was like Myrtle Beach. We went once, and that was when I was Ethan's age. So, yeah, he they haven't made. But um, And then from there, Monday, we went down to Naples. We drove down to Naples and then back last weekend. Nice. So it was good. Well, it's that uh, we're getting close to that time of the year where sun protection, especially in Florida, is paramount. As a oh, tasty yeah. white Irishman myself, I have to unfortunately be... Very, very on the spot, or else I'll end up burnt to a crisp and, mm-hmm. and miserable. Relatable. So, yeah. Um, as as the listeners know, my main outdoor activity involves swinging a white ball not very far, uh, and so I definitely am 
known around the golf links. I'm known around the golf links for many things, but the main thing I'm known for is (laughs) always have sun protection, sunscreen, Um, you know, clothing ideally, but obviously it's too hot to wear pants in Mm -hmm. my opinion. So sunscreen is, is paramount. Uh, do you, do you... <laughs> oh, I had to laugh for a second. What? Do I wear pants? <laughs> do you have to wear pants? Would you wear just, pants in this weather? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> it just implies that you're not wearing pants when you're golfing. I'm just like. <laughs> no, see, that's what you heard. I think most people, when they say it's too hot to wear pants, I know. I know. Too hot to wear pants. I think most people would assume that yeah. that means you're wearing shorts. But no. sure, Danny. I just had to chuckle. In your head, to chuckle at that. Listen, that's a Danny has one sip of coffee. No wonder why you need the sunscreen. I don't think they call that golf. I think it's a different. I think that's a different sport you're describing. I don't know what you do at your club, Rick. That's a different. That's a different sport you're describing. All right. Well, this podcast is now. Oh no. This podcast is going to have the little e for explicit next year. Our first one. It's like we're growing up. No, but we've had it. Yeah, we've had an episode. Um, what has been probably a year or more where we talked it's about skin years. cancer two progression years. or prevention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most common type of cancer. I have more um, wrinkles from sun since that last you, episode. <laughs> yeah. So Clearly the you're sunscreen. Not your own advice, man. No, I am. I just I'm old. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. The you sun's... don't know yet, Brenna, because you're so young. What are you like? Nineteen. So. Oh. Excuse me. I just turned twenty. So. Okay. Sorry. Twenty. Twenty. <laughs> So you're, you know, you don't have to deal with what us old people have to deal with. Wrinkles and aches and pains. And yeah, I woke up. Children. I woke up on Monday with debilitating back spasms out of the blue. Never had them before, for no reason. Yeah, yeah, because you know. Golf and picking up your kids. That's right. the two. Carrying two things. the weight of this podcast. On yeah. <laughs> now that is. Ooh. Thank you, Brenna. Well, I'm sorry. I thought you would say that for I you. Know. You know, well, you're, it was you're carrying the load. Such a layout. No, she had it. Just, yeah, it was right there. It's disgusting that you just did that. <laughs> wow. But no, I mean, I think you know, for the good, not much has changed in two years in terms of the right. recommendations. I mean, it's still protective clothing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be outside, like you mentioned when you were on your vacation, don't forget to reapply. That's key. I reapply, think some people. Yeah think you put sunscreen on and you're out for six hours and that's all you need to do no it's constantly mm-hmm. reapply um I, I will say i mean i have no personal endorsements to anything but the, i for the last two probably two and a half three years i've changed from the sunscreens that like absorb in your skin to mm-hmm. more of the topical barrier ones the like barrier the zinc type. zinc mm-hmm. based ones and yeah they're a little wider and harder to rub in but i feel like they last longer and mm-hmm. i anecdotally they seem that for for whatever reason for me yeah better they're not as greasy it's kind of you actually see where you're applying it better too right and you can figure out where you help with the kid i think it's good for the kids too Mm -hmm. because you can see yeah exactly where where, where you're putting putting it so (laughs) exactly uh, yeah before you know when i put it on rj before i get clocked in the face yeah 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 i usually opt for those too rj is yes yes He's, it's funny, he's now like, he turns four in June. It's wow, crazy. wow. So he like, he's starting to finally like figure things out. It's yeah. very funny to watch. Now you can actually negotiate with him, have, you know, reasonable conversations where he's not just a complete banshee at all times. Mm-hmm. It's just nice mm-hmm. nice to see. Nice. Any new treatments or? Um, No, I mean, the key, the key well, what the we're. Phase two right the um well liptio yeah so liptio i mean when we when we talk about advanced you know skin cancers basal cell squamous cell 
melanoma. Um, they're in terms of treating squamous cell and basal cell carcinomas, which are much more common, usually present later in life, though we do see some young patients who get both uh, largely basal cells, but sometimes squamous cell carcinomas of the skin. They um, have come out with some data to show that in patients who require a big operation, like a wide excision of one of these lesions, that giving them preoperative immunotherapy can at a minimum really shrink down uh, the tumors pretty significantly. Um, I think response rates were near 50%. I'd have to review it again to, to remember exactly what their response rate was, but it was pretty close to 50%. Um, and you would consider immunotherapy in someone with a real large lesion, maybe a lesion that's on an area of the skin, which is tough to perform the wide excision uh, because of grafting and different things. So um, giving preoperative immunotherapy is an option for some patients now. Um, so, and that's becoming more in vogue for a variety of cancers too. So giving some preoperative therapy to make the surgery easier. Um, but surgery is the mainstay usually for most of these lesions, um, wide local excision, most surgery to kind of, um, get clear margins and, um, and then hopefully sew up or put a skin graft on that area if it's a wide area. Yeah, my, yeah. my mother-in-law just had a Mo's done on her. They don't sew it up? Did they sew it up or no? Depends on the size of the defect. So they can either do like intermediate layered repairs, which is basically just approximate the skin back together. They can take grafts from other skin parts of the body, graft it back, or even donor grafts, things like that. It just mm -hmm. Or even in big, big, big resections, flaps of like muscle and stuff from other... Mm -hmm parts of the body so yeah radiation also is a good treatment option for these patients and folks who either don't want surgery or can't have surgery or if it's in a location that surgery can be cosmetically disfiguring radiation does a really good job as well of controlling the primary site so we actually treat a decent amount of um, skin here at cancer specialists uh, with radiation because again you get these patients that have been through seven ten most surgeries and they're over it so yeah. they want to try something different yeah or they don't want to deal with the recovery from the surgery. So that's another viable option, but surgery is definitely the still the mainstay and standard for, for most cases. And Dr. Warmoth just had, a couple months ago, radiation on his nose. That's that's public. We boosted the post, so I don't know if you guys, <laughs> if you guys know about that or yeah, can yeah. talk to it or, you know, I didn't even know that radiation was an option for skin cancer because i remember my dad had it was 20 years mm -hmm. ago so yeah i think it, it's unfortunately people don't know because one historically before we had kind of more modern ways to treat certainly i think a lot of patients or a lot of other doctors felt radiation was too side effect heavy which was probably reasonable um, but now with kind of modern technology it tends to be as dr warmoth i think shared or on his post that um you know they really other than the time commitment usually it's nothing too crazy um yeah. in terms of side effects um and they're all just basically local skin irritation mostly mm -hmm. would you use it on like a like a stage three or four that's would you radiate something that's spread so like yeah so like typically no typically at that point depending on if you have a node positive skin cancer that's not melanoma so like a squamous cell um and if they're resectable then at that point they probably would receive adjuvant radiation so radiation after the surgery possibly with chemo as well depending on the path um, and then or if they were not resectable 
then you could treat definitively with chemo radiation. Uh, but surgery would definitely be the preferred initial choice, followed by radiation to kind of clean up where the surgery was done. In melanoma, once it's spread to the nodes, then it really becomes more Danny's team mm-hmm. um, in terms of the immunotherapy because it is so effective um, that radiation really, we typically would only push it in nodal basins where if there was a very high burden of nodal disease or some other risk factors that we look at, but the mainstay in melanoma is more going to be the immunotherapy right. side of things. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think so there's, I think it's definitely uh, immunotherapies, thankfully, I think can help just provide more options for these patients mm-hmm. from a drug standpoint. Because I think before we didn't really have much in the way of anything other than your basic squame chemos yeah. and stuff like that. So certainly for melanoma, it's obviously been a complete changer. And then, but for, but hopefully for squamous cells as well. Um, and yeah. even now in basal cells too. Yeah. Can, can use it in basal cell carcinoma too. I think it's uh, I think the take home message is sun protection and then regular derma dermatology exams at least once a year. Everyone should have a skin exam. Trying to do a brief overview of kind of what all those big words you just tossed out mean. So difference between basal and squamous and melanoma. Yeah. Um, so basically skin cancer is divided into melanoma skin cancers or non melanomatous skin cancers. So melanoma typically being the one that um, is most lethal. Um, kind of stage for stage. It can present at any age. Um, certainly there's risk factors including sun exposure, um, you know, genetics, but a lot of times these patients have no mm-hmm. known risk factor. I think what mel- makes melanoma even more can be scarier is that a lot of times you don't even find the primary skin lesion. Mm-hmm. These patients show up with disease in their liver. They show up with disease in their lungs, and you don't even know how it really got there. Yeah, where it came from. Um, Versus most mm-hmm. non-melanomatous skin cancers, we divide them into basal cell and squamous cell. Both are cells that are from the surface of the skin. Um, like Danny mentioned, typically as you get older, you're more susceptible to these. These are the ones more commonly you think of as skin cancers directly from sun radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, ultraviolet radiation. Uh, typically, they're not ones that spread to other parts of the body, but occasionally we do see that, um, especially if it's been neglected for a while. Yeah. So if someone's had a skin cancer that they didn't do anything about for years and years, eventually it can move to other parts of the body. So yeah, those are the kind of the two. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you would. Usually an, un, um, I guess a basal cell carcinoma or squamous cell carcinoma that a patient either ignored or didn't know about, and it's been there years, you usually see some ulceration at the site or, in a squamous cell, you might see that it, it looks kind of really um, raised and irregular with scaling and um, can be some bleeding at the site. Actually, with both of them, with squamous and basal cells, sometimes you can get some bleeding. Um, and with basal cells, I've seen with the really advanced ones, you, you start to get ulceration where the skin kind of starts to uh, have, you know, uh, denting and, and you get kind of sloughing off of some layers of skin and um it can look pretty pretty ugly at times and um like rick said i think when patients have a larger area and if they're not a candidate for for surgery that's when we think about radiation treatment with chemotherapy sometimes for the really locally advanced squamous cells or basal cells but if you can do a surgery you still try to surgically resect these larger lesions um and 
Yeah, immunotherapy has been a game changer for melanoma, um, you know, especially when it's spread to lymph nodes or other areas of the body. We still aim to surgically resect most melanomas. And in, in certain cases of stage four melanoma, you would want to surgically resect if there's limited disease. Say, for example, you do identify a primary site and then you got a CT scan on somebody and you found a nodule in their lung or you found uh, an area somewhere else in the body that was biopsy-proven melanoma, you probably surgically resect and or potentially offer a radiation treatment to that spot and then go forward with immunotherapy to lower the risk of recurrence. So that's the way we treat nowadays. Someone widely metastatic with any one of these type of cancers, um, generally immunotherapy is the first line of treatment. Um, melanoma in a young patient, we use a combined immunotherapy, two different types of immunotherapy. There are other targets that are gene mutations that have oral drugs that are available for melanoma. Um, but, you know, we look at everything, and there are actually some fantastic trials nowadays for melanoma, usually in the second-line setting. So if someone was diagnosed and treated and then had a suboptimal response, you get them to a big center and get some some good treatment. Some of the immunotherapy treatments that are tailored to the individual, that's taking their cells, engineering their cells, putting them back into them to fight the cancer, um, have really good data behind them. So it's pretty cool stuff. It's a better better day to have a bad disease like this, but uh, you know we are actually curing a lot of patients with stage four disease, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. That I mean, obviously, it's what started the whole immunotherapy explosion. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you went from something that was yeah pretty much universally fatal yeah. in a short amount of time to now so many patients with durable forever responses it's right. kind of crazy right the side effects from the immunotherapy though are just are wild like like my dad is completely yeah. like vitiligo in his hands mm. and like on his neck and stuff so you can't get like any sun like there's just nothing there i think i probably told you guys this his eyelashes went completely white oh, okay. like midway yeah. through his treatment and yeah. it's just the pigment never came back which yeah. is a good sign like it means mm -hmm. right it's working but it's yeah, it's just, I mean, if you think well, about, if you think about it, right, than your immune system does so much that we don't even, it's not just preventing infections, mm -hmm. obviously, your right. immune system does a lot of things, and so, and it's obviously all parts of your body, yeah. so I always, like, joke when a patient has, like, a side of, when they're on immunotherapy and they mm -hmm. feel something, I'm like, probably not immunotherapy, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, obviously, there's yeah. common things that, that you guys counsel them on, but, right. like, it yeah. really could be anything. any autoimmune, anything, yeah, basically, anything your immune system could attack, of yeah. your own mm -hmm. could theoretically be ramped up by yeah. immunotherapy. Yeah. But obviously, you know, the pros thankfully greatly outweigh the yeah. cons Better for most than. patients. Mm -hmm. Better yeah. than well, cause most of the time you can tamper or, or lower the immune effect uh, on the body by <clears throat> giving a steroid, giving other types of treatment to calm down your immune system. But the first and foremost, you gotta try to keep people alive with yeah. the cancer. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, no, and, and his the other thing too, and I always forget about it until like something happens. Like my dog jumps up on him; his skin is so thin now in those areas that like mm -hmm. when they were just here a couple weeks ago, Miller like jumped up on him. He had been there like three hours, just absolutely like gashed his arm oh. open. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you not to let the dog jump on you. <laughs> yeah. But, 
again, better than the first round 20 years ago of, you know, chemo cocktail of. Yeah, the chemo didn't work. For melanoma, you, yeah, you'd get chemotherapy yeah. and your prognosis was six to nine months, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, with chemo. So it just wasn't good. Um, and then slowly they developed these immunotherapies that now are used for all kinds of cancers. So, yeah, yeah pretty good stuff. Better day to practice now than back then where you had limited options. You guys can wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. I think we gave everyone a nice overview of skin cancer, skin cancer prevention, which is key. Yeah, don't go around patting yourself on the back too hard there, Dr. Kaminsky. I think we did a, a yeoman's job, a yeoman's job. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and hopefully tune in next time.